This is Awakened Path Radio, giving you the tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. I'm your host, Dr. Candace Nadine Green. Welcome to Inspirational Mondays here on Awaken Path Radio. Today, our guest we welcome back is Philomena McGee, who's also known as Omena. Omena. She is a soul, a soul historian, a clairvoyant, a spiritual medium, a natural-born spiritual counselor, spiritual medium, and a soul historian. She is a certified hypnotherapist, rebirther, energy breathing, a Reiki master teacher. She is an ordinary woman with extraordinary gifts. Welcome back to the show, Philomena. So great to have you back. Thank you, Candace. Now, we start with some, uh, some nice discussion topics to help our listeners learn more about what it is you do and what encompasses what you do. So how important is self-acceptance in the work that you do? You mean the overall work that I do? Yes. Well, I do a lot of, I do whatever the person needs at the time when they come in front of me. Mm. And because my God-given gifts allows me to be able to tune into that person, their personality, their way of living, why they do what they do when they do it, mm. their soul's history, able to have them understand where a lot of things are coming from and why they might need an attitudinal adjustment mm -hmm. and also some coping skills depending on what problems they bring. Mm -hmm. If it's post-traumatic stress, if it's mental illness, if it's trauma, how they can better handle that, understand that and teach them how to let it go and all around healing for that person. I don't claim to do all the healing. What I claim is I give them the information and then I coach them how to do their own healing. Mm. And uh, so there's a lot of modalities I use for that. My background as a social worker helps me with that, understand where people are coming from or if they're on medications, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And also just life how they deal with life and how they've internalized it and what's theirs and what's not theirs. Mm. So there's a whole lot of different things that go on in a very short time. Now, speaking of a person's life, um, how does the ability to accept oneself impact one's life in general? Okay. We're talking about the litany of the soul right now? Yes. Yep. Sorry. Okay. So I'm just going to go through what the litany of the soul is and how I can make your life better. Mm -hmm. Then I will go through and explain each one. So my version of the litany of the soul is acceptance, abundance, compassion, gratitude, humility, dignity, personal power, and dominion. Mm -hmm. So when we get to acceptance, if we don't learn self-acceptance or acceptance period, we end up with the fear of rejection and oftentimes are rejected. Hmm. That's, the other, that's the other spectrum of acceptance. Acceptance has to do with learning to accept yourself 
where you come from, what your experience are, how you got to where you are, and what are the things that you can look at so you can start changing it. Nothing is going to change if you don't accept any of that. And it's about learning not to personalize a lot of different things in our lives. And if we learn that, if we can come to total acceptance about who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the warts, the whole bit, then our view on the life is we accept everybody else as well as human beings and as children of God or whatever your religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs may be, that we're all one. And that's a huge, big growth. I'm not saying this is going to happen overnight, but it most certainly happens in, again, where I train the brain or help people train their brain to name it, claim it, own it, heal it, and let it go. Because whatever we may have taken on from other people, there's one thing we can do about it. Learn and accept the fact that we took it on from them. Then we can go about learning and accept the fact that we can give it back to them and clear out our own energy field and know what's ours and what's not ours. So that's really all about when you can follow some of those things, it definitely impacts your life. It makes it less stressful and it's the path to self-love. I just want to back up for a quick moment. Um, I neglect it to inform our listeners that we would be discussing litany of the soul. And they may not have heard of this and not know what this litany of the soul entails and what is it. Could you just uh, give us a quick uh, synopsis of uh, what this litany of the soul means and is? Well, for one thing, they probably would never heard of it because I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think it's out there in the sense the way I see it compared to... um, because religion doesn't teach us about the litany of the soul. Mm. So I'm a, I'm a spiritual person more than religious. So mine is on a spiritual level. Mm. And the litany of the soul is where the soul is teaching us to go for the higher good mm-hmm. anytime we can and to challenge our belief systems because our belief systems are so old and things are changing rapidly in the world. So it's about changing the way we look at things because our soul is the guide to everything that we've been made of, where we've come from, what we're doing, where we're going. And this is more of a positive outlook on ourselves as well as others, on the world, on, I guess it would be hope Hmm. that yes, we can have self-acceptance and have abundance and have compassion Hmm. and have gratitude and be humble and have dignity and be treated with dignity and stand in our own personal power. So we don't have to dominate anybody else from our own personal power. That would be my simplified version of Litany of the Soul. Now, and change, change is not easy for people. They fight it all the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you mentioned um, personal power, and I know that's part of your a Litany of the Soul. And yeah. I know we may be getting ahead of ourselves, but could you just uh, quickly explain for us um, what's personal power and how does a person know that they have, how can they realize their own personal power? Well, people can realize that they have their own personal power when they're able to stand in their own truth and they don't have any fear 
of being rejected or judged by what they say, standing up for what they feel is right, or standing up for somebody else. I don't mean in a protective way, just what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's about being not having any fear about it or not. One of the things about personal power is not to personalize what other people tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. Not to internalize it. Right. And to understand that that's where they're coming from. Because deep down inside of us, we recognize the truth about who we are and who other people are. And it's about learning to listen to that part. If it doesn't feel right to you, it's because it's not right. Mm-hmm. Some of us go along with, self, with acceptance of others. We adapt to others so that they will like us. That's not your personal power. That's adapting. Mm-hmm. Agreeing with people all the time when deep inside you don't agree, mm-hmm. you're giving up part of your personal power. Right. Right. It takes courage to stand in your personal power. It takes mm-hmm. perseverance. That doesn't mean it can't happen. It can happen. But if it doesn't happen when we're children, then we have to learn it as we grow up into mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. We're afraid to speak our own truth, oh. ask for what we want, mm-hmm. tell people, no, that's not who I am, you mm-hmm. know, and learn. That's learning to stand in your own personal power. And we so- have our own personal spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, some cultures like nose to nose, other cult- American culture is about an arm's length away where you stand from each other. That's your personal space. And it's also about you don't want people telling you how you feel. Mm-hmm. Because how do they know how you feel? That's correct. And it's about being able to say, no, that's not how I feel. This is how I feel. Mm-hmm. That's personal power. Mm-hmm. Knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. Accepting who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I, I listen. I mean, even as adults, it's, it's, it's interesting that I mean, you said if we don't learn it as children, we have to learn it as adults. There are so many of us adults who are afraid to speak up, to be themselves. They, they rather just go along with the crowd instead of being their own unique, beautiful, and individual selves. Exactly. And, and I that, deal with adults like that every day. Hmm. And now... Um, Back to uh, talking about acceptance and um, being rejected, what 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 can happen to a person when they are, when they re- when they stand tall, uh, you know, stand in their own truth, and then they experience rejection, people not liking this person that they are, can it cause um, the person to maybe withdraw, to need more help? What do you see happening when someone well, is rejected? When somebody is when somebody is if they're aware, if they're aware they're in their own personal power and they have that confidence and they have that self-esteem, it's okay for that other person to have an opinion about it. Mm. doesn't mean you like it. But it's okay for them to have that opinion and you acknowledge that. Mm. It's like, okay, that's how you feel. It's not the way I feel about who I am. But it's okay for them to voice their opinion about it. Mm-hmm. You ju- the big key is not personalizing it. Mm-hmm. If there's some truth in it, then you take it as it's meant to be. It's more like a critique, not as a criticism. And you just take it in and you ask yourself, okay, where does that fit into my life? It's knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. I can only use myself as an as a, um, example. 
if I'm going to be bitchy, I'm going to warn you. <laughs> okay? And most people that know me will testify to that. Because it's me taking my space for the way I am. Mm -hmm. It's not blaming anybody else for the way I am. It's owning who I am. If I'm tired, I'm going for a nap now. I don't care if the world falls apart. I'm tired. I need a nap. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of like the child in us, you know, the mm -hmm. natural child in us. Right. When the natural child is hungry, it screams. Oh, yes. The natural child is tired. It falls asleep. Right. And if you take something from the natural child that they're playing with, they're going to bitch and moan at you about it. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's the natural child. And what do we do with children? We teach them not to do any of that. Hmm. And what we find with children, if you let them be who they are at that particular moment, it lasts only a few seconds. Hmm. The tantrum is about power. They want, you know, taking the power. Oh, they're just plain getting rid of excess energy. <laughs> but in the, in the scheme of things, in the scheme of things, it's not a huge, big thing. Mm -hmm. One of, my oldest son used to have a tantrum on the floor and he would weirdly turn blue and I'd just tell him, when you're done with it, you can get up off the floor. <laughs> because I knew he would not pass out. Right, right. So when there was no power battle in it, it's like, oh, this is not working. Somewhere inside them, it's not going, they know it's not going to work. Right. Just let it get them, get it out. That's what I would do to my kids. My, exactly, but I it's just let them get it out. <laughs> it's given your kids permission mm -hmm. to be the powerful beings that they are, mm -hmm. and they also learn boundaries with that. When you do that, mm -hmm. you're not taking anything from them. You're just saying, "I'm not getting into this power battle with you." <laughs> so you know, it's it's all about if the overall feeling of self acceptance is there. There's mm -hmm. not a whole lot going to happen to you that's going to knock you off your perch. Right. You're going to run into all the bumps, but you're not going to run off the road. Right. Now, um, back to our uh, our list here of, of Litany of the Soul. You mentioned you mentioned abundance, and that abundance has an effect on our lives and. Um, can quote, you know, we could change something in our lives to be abundant. Can you explain uh, this piece of the litany of the soul, abundance? Yeah. Well, we live in a very materialistic world to begin with, so materialistic true. society. And this country overall is a very young country that's still growing compared to other countries. Right. Mm -hmm. But abundance has to do with nothing with material things. It has to do with abundantly living abundantly because that everything begins with a thought but if we don't if we don't learn about abundance and if we don't think we're abundant then we experience poverty of the soul hmm. which means that an awful lot we think everything is lacking in our lives abundance have to do with looking around and seeing how much we do have how lucky we really are the freedoms that we have the abundance that we have within our relationships with our children, with our lovers, with our spouse, our husbands, whoever. And if we have that feeling of abundance, you live a life like a millionaire. You live a life like a millionaire, even if you have very humble things. You still 
you you learn to totally enjoy what you have that's all abundance and just looking around and realizing that you can sit down every night to this great meal with your family that's abundance that's total abundance it's about learning to appreciate all the positive things that you have also to appreciate look at where you've been and where you've come to and it doesn't matter if you're born with a wooden wooden spoon, some were born with wooden spoons in their mouth, other was born with golden spoons in their right. mouth. So <laughs> it doesn't right. matter which one you come from. Mm -hmm. It's about appreciating what you've learned on the journey and what you have, and how grateful you are to have the children you have. You know, mm -hmm. you have to look at your attitude. Is it is it producing positive or is it producing negative? Is mm -hmm. is, a, is is life is a burden to you? Well, then you are experiencing poverty of the soul. Hmm. Now, it's about learning. It's, I suppose it's like a philosophy, really. Mm -hmm. right. It's about learning to appreciate what you have, and that's abundance. And who now, you are, it's abundance. Now, how does humility tie into this? Oh, humility. Well, you know... My experience, humility has taught us, religion has taught us that humility is holier than thou. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, the far, it's so far away from that. If we don't learn humility, we're going to be humiliated. Hmm. Because humility has to do with that security within you. You don't, you don't have to tell anybody you're humble. They know if you're humble. Mm -hmm. You know how how um, people get rewards, awards, and rewarded. Oh yeah. And you know, there uh, some people just go off and they're not at all humbled by it. Others have a great deal of humility and they're just so grateful that they're recognized. That's mm -hmm. the difference. Right. And and people who are humble treat other people with respect. People who are not might be one to humiliate people. Oh, yeah. We humiliate children all the time. We mm -hmm. humiliate adults all the time. Mm -hmm. For instance, humiliation for if you're working with anybody with mental illness, the myth is that they're stupid and they're not. Mm -hmm. That's humiliating to think that they don't, can't think and feel and make decisions on their own because the majority of people can. Right. And it's never assuming that they can't. That when you have a different attitude towards all of that, that's humiliation. Mm. And being humble about it, it's it sort of allows you to see the world in a different view in terms of being able to look at it and be grateful. If you're going to get an award or if you're being rewarded something, then they're recognizing something that's in you that they see, and that's something you can use as a role model rather than have your ego do a big dance. Speaking of um, humiliation, um, uh, you know, it's shaming someone. W what is the difference between um, dignity and shame in regards to uh, the litany of the soul and uh, just the way people treat one another? Well, if we're not if we're not treated with dignity, we don't learn about dignity. Yeah. And oftentimes we're shamed for some of our behaviors. Mm -hmm. 
And if we're ashamed for our behaviors, we internalize that. So we don't have any idea what dignity feels like. Dignity is respect to our persons, our belief systems, the way we're treated, rather than being attacked for the way our behavior is. Shaming somebody becomes deeply ingrained. And it's funny, you can always... Well, I can't say everybody can, but for me, when I'm working with people, when I see their shame based, now I have a different way to work with them. First of all, I find people that are shame based, it stops them from being who they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I bring it up in them and we talk about where all of that might have happened, it changes their energy. Once you understand it, where your reaction rather than your response is coming from, it changes everything because when you're shame-based, you have more reaction. And when you're not, when you're treated with dignity, you have a response. When reaction is totally emotionally based mm -hmm. and the response is not. And that's the difference how people can tell if they're reacting or responding. If it's emotionally loaded, they're reacting. That's interesting because a lot of religions out there um, operate on shaming shaming uh, their members, which to me, it helps to keep the members attached to the religion. Well, that's the whole idea. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is that, I mean, I grew up with being a young kid where my soul was going to burn in hell if I committed a venal sin, a mortal sin. And believe me, yeah. some of the women made you want to commit mortal sins because you really wanted to do them bad. <laughs> So, you know, and I could not understand at a young age, how could my soul burn in hell if I'm already dead? And they couldn't answer that. Mm -hmm. But we grew up with that. You were shamed into all of that. You were shamed into being good. You were shamed into not having bad thoughts mm -hmm. or not doing bad deeds. And you were so ashamed you weren't going to tell anybody you did any of it anyway. Right. <laughs> you know? So you internalized an awful lot of that. And people do that at a young age to internalize. And all religions have their rituals. All religions have their rites of passage. And I'm not saying that all religions uh, politicize how you should be or how you should not be or, mm. you know, where you were going and where you're not going. Because if you don't buy into the religion, you can definitely see where a lot of it is for domination mm -hmm. and control. Not like and that all, you know, comes from the Bible mm -hmm. and they tell you it does, but you know, my, my mind wants to go, so prove it to me. Mm. They might say to me, will you prove it to me? What you're talking about, but I can't prove anything, but I can tell you, if you do this, you'll feel better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and that has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with the energy you're going to allow into your body and you're going to live and how you're going to feel about yourself. I would think that the yeah. church might tell us loving yourself enough to allow somebody else to love you is a bad thing. And, and the church is also, um, so, you know, supposedly uh, talk about compassion and gratitude in, in their religious um, sect but right. in your litany of the soul what do you how do you see compassion and gratitude well the thing about compassion 
is uh, <laughs> there's only two things. There's only two things in this world you cannot do at the same time. Mm. You cannot have compassion and judgment at the same time. If you don't have compassion, you're judging. Mm. If you're judging, you don't have any compassion. It's that simple. Mm. When you think about it, anyone that's going to listen to this, if you think about it, you're either doing judgment or you're doing compassion. And how do you know the difference? Well, if you're judging, you're imposing your belief systems on somebody else. If you're doing compassion, you're going to listen to them and allow them to be who they are. Doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but you have enough compassion in you to allow them to be who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between compassion and judgment. Mm. And, and, and that doesn't... That impacts our lives a great deal. How many people do we know in the world that are constantly judging? <laughs> and I bet we limit our time with them. Yeah. There's a lot. Even when we think we're not judging, we're judging. That's it's, why we have to become aware. Yeah. Because right. we're human. We're going to do that. And it's okay sometimes. It's different when... We deliberately do it. If we become aware of it, we do it less. And mm-hmm. that's what's really neat about it. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what, like I said, if you don't have compassion, you don't have passion. Mm-hmm. If true. you don't have compassion and passion, you're doing an awful lot of judging. So you need to give the judge another job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? no, no, Recognize about- that they're there. Give them another job, send them off somewhere else to do it. Right. Now, your, your last uh, word for um, Litany of the Soul is dominion. So what, what does that mean? Well, if we were to go with like dominion versus domination, right? Mm. Domination is the opposite. And dominion, if we practice through our acceptance and our abundance and compassion, if we're, if we're not willing to learn all of that, then we're going to be dominated by others. Mm-hmm. And religion of the world dominates. True. And I'm not picking on religion today. I definitely believe in some parts of religion. And I love all the rituals, whatever religion it is. I love the rituals mm. because they are there to teach us and their rites of passage and, they're, they're usually very, very positive. It's all the dogma that goes with the religion that telling us how bad we are and how we have to redeem ourselves. I, that stuff I don't care for. Yeah. So if we have where we learn to be who we are as children of God or whatever your God is, there's no need for us to dominate other people. That's, true. That's different than parenting. That's different than leading. Domination has to do, I want you to do what I say you're supposed to be doing. And dominion says, okay, let's talk about it and see what's going to be for the best. Mm. It allows everything in its natural state. You have a lot of dominion in nature. Mm. Because nature is there in its own environment doing what nature does every single day with the animals, the plants, every kind of life in nature it has its own rhythm, its own life, its own cycles. Well, us as part of nature have the same thing. So you have where domination comes in and is telling us, no, you need to do it this way. This way you need to go to sleep. This way you need to wake up. This way you need to do this. You know, 
-hmm. and and we need a certain amount of organization for all of that but that's different than dominating mm -hmm. um autocratic governments they dominate mm -hmm. it's not a democracy there you know there's a lot of leaders in the world that are autocratic and so that's all about domination not dominion right. democracy well we convince ourselves that's dominion but sometimes it is sometimes it isn't <laughs> so it sort of run, you know sort of go it sort of runs along that path and if we listen to our soul talking to us it will tell us because the seed of God is in your soul, so it will tell us what's for the higher good and what's for the higher best in each of us. And it begins with each individual. I don't mean to say you go out there on a crusade and preach and do all of that. It's <laughs> the same as everything else that's out there doing that. Mm -hmm. It's about learning who we are deep inside. Mm -hmm. And one of the major things that oftentimes is missing is gratitude. Right. And if we don't have gratitude in our lives, we'll never know joy. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, you know when, you know when parents are expecting a baby? Mm-hmm. There's a great deal of gratitude, which brings a great deal of joy, when that child arrives 100% healthy. Right. And a lot of people who don't get 100% healthy, according to our standards in society, a lot of people still have a great deal of joy and acceptance of the baby they're being given. Mm -hmm. Right. Because in their eyes, the baby is perfect as is. That's right. Mm -hmm. and that it may come with all its own challenges, but what child doesn't? Exactly. <laughs> you know, really. What yeah. child doesn't come without their challenges? So it, I'm only using that as an example of gratitude and joy because if we're not grateful for what we have in our lives, as small or as big as it may be, we won't know joy. And gratitude brings an awful lot of joy into one's life. That is true. The right. fact of being grateful, you're healthy. Hmm. On that note since we're running out of time, is there any last words for, that you would like to share with our listeners today? Yes, I would, I would definitely have them pay attention to what your program is about and what we come to offer to your program. Mm -hmm. And if they have any questions about it or to try and practice mm -hmm. some of the, uh, try, just try and practice life for the higher good. Right. If you're about to do something, just ask yourself, is this for the higher good? Is this for my higher good? Mm -hmm. That'll bring awareness. Mm -hmm. And it might even change the way you think. Right. Because everything begins with the thought. We think it first, then we give it some action. Sometimes that's negative, sometimes that's positive, and being aware of which is it. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, how might listeners contact you to learn more? They can go to my website, which is omena, O-M-E-N-A, 777.com. Mm. They can, the website, they'll find a lot of information there, but they also, if there anybody is looking for an appointment, I do it by Skype, over mm. the phone, face-to-face. -face. 
they can call 860-871-6076. Leave a message for Richard and he'll get right back to you mm. and give you any information you need there. Or you can email me, ominacenter777 at gmail.com. I'm always willing to answer any questions you have. There's no limit because if I have the answer, I have it. If I don't, I don't. And maybe it's not the time for you to know. So I just go purely by what I'm told by my spiritual guides. Mm -hmm. And I have no investment in impressing anybody. My <laughs> job is to deliver the message. My job is to do what's best for you or you do what's best for you. But I provide the information so you can make that decision. Well, it was certainly a pleasure having you back on the show, Philomena, and continue to do all the great work that you do. Thank you very much. The pleasure is all mine, and I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Joining us on Awakened Path Radio. Please check us out at www.awakenedpathonline.com. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Breen, and you are listening to Awakened Path Radio, giving you tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. Namaste and let it be.